spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. This is ABC's Wide World of Sports. Okay, Ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a... I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me what's funny. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English, mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my shit together, is my shit together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So, that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Well, well, thanks, Jackson Jackson. I'm Tim Howell. Med Burn on the board. SB Futures up 12. NASDAQ Futures up 42. The uh, We have uh, an interesting day today. We'll see. I have some questions here for Kevin and for Matt. What is this day in history, uh, Mr. Kevin and Mr. Matt, in regards to movies? Oh. Regards to movies? I don't know. It's Mark Knopfler's birthday. Um... August 25th, 1939, uh, Wizard of Oz opened in theaters around the United States, but on this day, it opened in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, on August 12th, was the debut. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, just saying. Just saying. A little piece of movie history there. Yeah. The August 12th, 1939. That's 75 years? Oh, 85 years. A long time. Um... So, Kevin, what's up with you? Anything? Well, well, do you want to have a catch? Um, well, that was cool last night, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the the stuff with the uh, the Griffies and Fergie Jenkins throwing the Johnny Bench. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, the uh, I didn't get to watch the first one. I was on the expressway. I, was, I came in about the second inning, but um, pretty cool uniforms. Uh, you going to go buy one? No. Think they made them out of flannel or wool like they used to? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so, and I'm pretty sure back in in the days, the era of those uniforms, that the Nike swoosh didn't exist. Uh, no, I don't think it did either. <laughs> but maybe it did. <laughs> well, you know, we maybe had our own. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we do, do. We do. We have our own uh, child child working child's working and children working here. Or do we have to go to China have to have that happen? Well, that's true. Yeah, but you know, how far back? You know, where was it in the history of unionization? I'm going to say that the, uh, what year were they talking about when those guys were playing was, uh, when did, when did Joe Jack, what was that, what was the the Black Sox sale, 1919? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I have a book, actually. We had a dude on the show. I should bring the book in, um, and maybe your man Matt, who's a terrier about these things, get him back on the show. He was, uh, an amazing guest. He actually wrote this book, and I'm sure he would love to plug it. Uh, the original curse was that the Red Sox threw the World Series in 1918. Was it 1918 to the Cubs? I'll take your word for it. Keep going. Something like that. And they, they, they originally threw it the year before. 
before the Black Sox or the White Sox did. And uh, it was uh, it was pretty interesting. I, I, there was a big account in, uh, I don't know how we got on the subject, but it's in somewhat interesting. Uh, the Core Digest, they talked about uh, Shoeless Joe and how he ended up hitting uh, God knows what in the series. You know, he ended up hitting like 300 or something, right? So everybody's like, well, how the hell did he, did he fix it? It was, it was real interesting that he, this, this guy, well, of course, how these people go back and get this stuff? These guys at Core Digest must have nothing better to do. Uh, must be nine golf season or something. I went back and kind of went game for bank game. It was supposed to be a nine-game series, right? Weren't the World Series nine games in those days? Uh, and he went back, like, game for game, and it turns out that not only did Shoeless Joe not hit a couple of the first games, but he also, uh, there was a couple triples to left field, and he was supposed to be a spectacular fielder. And they said, you know, how do you, how do you get a triple to left field? You know, necess- you don't normally. And um, anyway... He said that the, whoever the gamblers were did not did not pay up after game three or four or whatever, and so these guys scrambled to, to now then win the series, and he got all his hits in like the last two games, and they won a couple of them and then lost the third or something. So it was, it was when they when they got stiff, they all started but playing. They couldn't, they couldn't come all the way back, though. Yeah, they couldn't come all the way back. Uh, you know, I, I never I never read that account. And again, it's 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 a guy writing it, but uh, still, it was. Uh, Sort of interesting. I've never, I've never actually, you know, you hear a lot of these. You know, when you when you, uh, well, you you know this as well as anybody because you're one of our more rigorous people. Uh, people just <laughs> well, rigor mortis, you say? Well, this maybe that too. But the uh, uh, when when people have these opinions of stuff on on any subject, and I and I do this too. I fall into a bad habit. If it's something you don't totally research, you just kind of grab a grab a side based on the the snippets of, of, uh, of either facts or, or crap you've come up with, and you and you stick with it. And if you mention, you know, to a lot of sports guys, just mention out of the blue. Jeez, uh, what do you think about this? Joe, what do you think about Joe Jackson? Uh, some guys will say, "Oh man, he couldn't possibly have have uh, have uh, you know thrown the series because he hit you know three fifteen or whatever the hell he ended up winning, hitting." And somebody else will say, "Man, it sure looked to me like he." And, it, and it's and it's amazing how. This is the first time in you know in all my years that I've actually read a game by game analysis of what he did in the field and and and, and well, the other guys too. And all of a sudden, when the whenever the, the some some percentage of the money was supposed to be paid like after game three after they lost the first two or something, and uh and the money didn't show up. And all in of a sudden, they wanted progress payments. Yeah, and and, and, the, and the evidently the the whole thing uh, they they scrambled to get back and couldn't do it. According well, to this guy. question from Matt, when Tom says Joe Jackson, what do you think? Oh, you know, we're going age groups here. Joe Jackson. Um, th- I'm thinking of a uh, uh, singer-songwriter 1980s, 1970s. Yeah, I was going to say, is, he, is she really going out with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's going out with uh, uh, Into Another World. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, different for Girls. Different for, I know that one. Yeah, wow. Different for Girls is another one. Uh, be My Number Two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be My Number Two. I don't know if I remember that one. So all that one. So another question for you, Mavens. What is tightrope surgery? <laughs> Something I don't think I ever want to experience, uh, just by the name. What is, is that? Uh, is, is that something that is incredibly sensitive? One slip and you're done. Uh, no, not exactly. I don't know. How they, I don't, this is the, the new receiver on the Bears. It has a high ankle strain. So instead of just letting the guy, you know, have it heal, which takes a really long time. Uh, they're using something called 
Tightrope ankle surgery. This technique is used to stabilize an ankle after injury. It can be used to repair a high ankle sprain, which damages the soft tissue structures between the tibia and fibula and causes these bones to separate. It can also be used to stabilize a fracture of the, the uh, tibia, fibula. So there you go. Um, what, do they, what do they do? What makes it they, tightrope? They, they put something, they attach something to the bone and that stabilizes stuff. And I don't know if they end up taking it out or what they do. Um, tightrope is made of a... Oh, it, was, it, like, it must be, uh, you know, some kind of uh, um, very thin line that goes, you know, attaches from one bone to another or something like that. To, uh, uh, bingo. The tightrope is made up of a poly ethylene cord secured between two metallic buttons, one oblong and one round. Using a guide wire, a hole is drilled through one of the holes in the fixation plate across the fibula and tribula and stabilizes the two, evidently. Now, I don't know if you take this out what or what. What happens you if you use two round ones instead of I, one I, oblong I, and one No round. idea. Maybe one bone is bigger than the other, but do you have to take this out? I, I would guess not. So, anyhow. That's, uh, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, well, here it's a big thing. They're going to have tightrope surgery, and then he's going to be back when? You know, like uh, in a week? Well, what does the return process look like? Medical staff will try and control swelling for the first four days after surgery. After that, he says they will work with athletes to start walking on the fourth and fifth day before the attempting running by the eighth and ninth day. Wow. Wow. So you're supposed to come back faster than just, you know, the, like the three months it takes usually for that to heal on its own. Allegedly. So there you have it. Well, medical technology can be awesome. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, <laughs> I'm not, not real enamored of it lately. Uh, um, well, you have to be careful that some of the stuff to uh, Edward Johnson, <laughs> a man dear, near and dear to our heart, or maybe not so near and dear, Lou Holtz, when Lou was the, uh, uh, he, was a, he was the, Coach, head coach at Minnesota before he came to Notre Dame. So Pete played for, Pete and Jane played for Notre Dame. And talk about an incestuous world. The, the backfield coach was Pete Carroll, the guy who's now the Southern Cal's, now the, the Seattle coach. So it's all kind of a small world, those guys. But Pete wrecked, uh, broke one of the fingers in his upper, in his, in his, what do you call it? Not one of his fingers, one of the bones behind the finger in his, in his hand, on top of his hand. And uh, so. <laughs> Lou Holtz wanted him to do uh, to uh, just just play through it, you know, put a cast on and play. And John's dad was a the uh, chief of surgery. Said, "No, you're not you're not doing that. You're getting some surgery. It'll be it'll be done in four weeks. I don't want you playing with it like that." So there was a huge hue and cry between. Well, how did how did Pete have the nerve to go see his doctor, his dad, who was the chief of surgery, after the team guy said you could just put a cast on it and play? So. It's, Lou, or Pete was in Lou's doghouse like forever for having the nerve to go get a second opinion. So there. Well, at least they didn't tell him to rub some dirt on it. Yeah, that's a, that would be the best thing. So, interesting uh, week this week. The market is absolutely giddy over these these numbers because it looks like the, the world we've been in. I went through some numbers yesterday, Kevin. I, I, you know, I really shouldn't do this because all, all it does is aggravate me. But the uh, I found something, and I know Carl, I'm going to mention with him later, I know Carl's going to give me a whole bunch of crap about this this number, but the uh, the one on the um, well, I got to dig it up here again because my machine's all all died here. But yesterday the report on the consumer credit—I don't know if you saw that one—but the credit card debt. Oh, I saw what you sent me. Yeah, the credit card debt is up is up dramatic, and 
But the, the part that I keep looking at, the two numbers, and as we look at, you know, happy days are here again with the idea of the interest rates being low, the Fed's going to pivot, don't worry, we're going to have 1% or 2% money, and all of a sudden assets are going to go up, and, and, and half, the half of the percent of the population is going to have their assets go to the moon, and everybody else is going to get screwed. And that's essentially the, the deal we're in, right? So, but now, I've been looking at this savings per family number ad nauseum, and I've watched this thing come down and come down and come down. And last week, I was saying how it came down from like 9,800 to 9,400 in one week. It's down another, it's going down by the day, Kevin. It's, it's $8,471 now. So if you, if you think of the drop in the savings per family, and I've got the uh, American consumers increasingly relied on credit card, I mean, high, sky-high inflation, credit card debt, which of course is, is sky-high and, and Increased annually 13% second quarter of 2022. It was like 5.5% quarter after quarter. How do, you, how do you do that? I mean, we, the savings are racketing down as credit card debt is racketing up, and everybody is, 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 is glowing over this mess. And I, you know, I know you're not supposed to be a monetarist anymore, right? I mean, if this is the, I mean, if the, the people in Washington have decided we can't define uh, you know, money, money supply, we can't even tell you what the money supply is. Well, I went from 2000, for December 30th, 2019, through today, which is what? How many months? 30? 30 months is not a, lot, not a long time. Money supply grew by 43%, Kevin. 43%. The economy grew by what? Four? Five? <laughs> being charitable? So we're talking about a total inflation rate, really. There might be a little, little drop in velocity. But in the 35% range. So, okay, they, now they have cut back by the, with the, uh, this year, the money supply has not grown the last few months. And the balance sheet, and my, I argue with my brother all the time about this. He's, he's, he's sort of a believer in these guys. And I don't know why, because he sometimes is just as, as uh, doubtful as I am. But, oh, the Fed's doing exactly what the money. I said, Dan, <laughs> in, 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 uh, in 2019, the, uh, but the uh, balance sheet was four trillion dollars, four point one. And now it's it's what nine point eight point nine or something. It's like over doubled. And this year, with all the talking, this year the last couple of months it slipped down a little bit. With all the talking, it's higher this year than it was beginning of the year. It's higher right now. It was beginning of the year. So when they wanted it to increase, they were able to double it in two years. Now that they want it to decrease. They can't even they can't even bring it down over over nine months. So, I mean, it, it, it really, there really is no, they are being controlled, I believe, by somebody who wants them to have this policy. And this policy really is benefiting some people and screwing everybody else. And I, I'm curious as to why everybody doesn't, why, why, why there's only a few people that seem to pick up on this. And, and the ones well, when, that you, when you look at it from the market standpoint, too, the idea that savings is falling, you know, <laughs> Significantly, significantly and consistently, persistently. And credit card debt is rising in the same way. That, that can't be good. That can't be sustained. That's got to turn into an economic hit along the way. And why people would be bullish right now, given that little bit of knowledge that is available to everybody... And you know, and I don't think I don't think a lot. You know, I think there's a lot of savvy investors out there, especially institutional investors, um, who 
who understand the big picture, you know, and, and see what's going on. And yet, the market is is bullish because interest rates are still relatively low, even no matter, you know, seventy five basis points was nothing when, in the scheme of things, when you when you look at uh, historically look at interest rates. So, it, yeah, it's it's baffling that this is that that we have such a bull market. I'd I'd love to be wrong. Well, look at. I'd love to be thinking that there is something better uh, happening, and I just don't know what it is. Well, just but I would be really, really nervous right now. I would. Uh, really I'll lob this one out there, Kevin. Uh, the I'm, I'm going to say the error you and me and everybody else makes is somehow to co- to con- connect the stock market. Uh, Donald Trump was big on this. Connect the stock market with the economy, and, it, and in times of manipulation. It does not. You can't. You can't do that. I mean, I'm, I'm, if you go back to the Weimar Republic, you eviscerated the population, but the stock market went to like a million because they kept de- debasing the currency and the stocks just went up. Same thing happened in Argentina. Same thing happened in Iraq. Same thing happened in Venezuela, and even in Turkey. That in terms, in in in, there, in the home currency, if you throw it out there, all the assets go up, and, I, and stocks are just another asset. And if the price of bread doubles, your stock market's going to double. You're not getting anywhere, but your stock market doubled. And I, and I guess I, I really wish everybody would have, you know, a, a three three hour class, and and just in the idea that your your money is a good just like anything else. It derives its value by its scarcity. I mean, the reason why gas costs five dollars a gallon, gallon is because there isn't four times more of it, right? Everything derives its value, but there's no way on earth, even even me, instinct-wise, if I don't remember my education, will walk into a store and say, "Oh man, the the price of beer has doubled." I don't I don't instinctively think the beer hasn't gone up, the dollar's gone down. You, nobody thinks that way, and and you and you probably shouldn't in a, in a in a society that's run halfway decently. But now we're going on the edge of that halfway decently. I mean, the market is not up. Thirty-three percent in the last on two the years. edge or over it. Well, we're we're somewhere there, but the market really is not up thirty-three percent in the last two years. It's the dollars down, and the people that are getting those dollars are benefiting. The people that aren't aren't. Is you know, I mean, I I don't I don't necessarily want everybody to walk around thinking like that all day because it'll make you nuts. But the fact is, that's the case. I think. Well, I think you're right. But <coughs> this is. We are not in a good time, and you know I, I think uh, you know everybody who is saying, well, you know, trying to um, use double speak to uh, redef- redefine the uh, word recession, and um, and and you know they, it, it's uh, obfuscating just doesn't help. Let me put it that way: it doesn't help. Everybody knows. Everybody who lives in the real world knows what the grocery bill is. They know. What a fill-up costs. They know, you know, people know all of this stuff. And, you know, just whistling in the dark and trying to make it seem like this is okay. Um, And and some people actually believing it, that it's okay. I know really, really intelligent people who are good with stats and all kinds. And and they think, you know, hey, we've gotten some really great employment news and all. No, we haven't. We haven't. If, If anything... You see, what you saw is a, a big spike up in part-time jobs uh, last time around, and I suspect that's because a lot of people are starting to say, I need an extra job to make ends meet, or 
uh, if I've been if I checked out of the um, uh, the workforce, I need to start checking back in because I can't afford to make make ends meet without it. Well, I met a dude last night, and he was telling me the layoffs in the mortgage industry are frightening right now. I believe that. Hey, I, got, I got a question for you, and, and I I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. Um, but why why have we all been hypnotized? We can go twenty years where your cost of health insurance goes to the moon, goes up three times, which my calculations are. Uh, you're paying more work for your deductibles, you're, you're, you're paying more for your co-pays, you're paying all this stuff. And to be honest, Kevin, other than if it's you in the hospital, nobody gives a crap. We can talk about college expenses going to the moon. Well, if you get a loan, if this and that, that's the other person. It, somehow, nobody gives a crap. We can see taxes run up as, as the uh, property taxes, as the lo- local education goes to the moon, and you see these people paid more than you, and those kind of, they're increased, you're not. Nobody gives a crap. The minute the gasoline goes up, everybody everybody has a hissy fit. Is it, is it, is it just uh, people love doing the, the news reports where a guy pumping gas and going, Hey, Joe, notice some old dude. What do you think about gas prices? Oh, they suck. I mean, it, I mean, you, you never see that interview. Joe, what do you think about your company paying $200 more for month last month for your car insurance? I don't, your auto in, or your health insurance? Oh, I don't give a crap. What's the difference? Doesn't matter to me. You know, I mean, I, so somehow, I don't... I don't well, it, is, it is what hits you in the, in the pocketbook, how often it hits you in the pocketbook, and then you throw on top of it, Tom, that with, there's four gas stations on, uh, on every uh, major intersection corner that you have these big signs that are telling you that are you know standing up and saying hey tom how look at how expensive gasoline has gotten right i, I get it um but i'm saying so so yeah you you, you know of course that's going to be a big deal because it's in your face constantly i just maybe it's more because it's the at some at some point i mean i did this uh <laughs> last time gas prices went up what was it, about eight years ago or was it during the iraq war i don't know what it was but they went up and, and everybody's everybody's coming at you. Uh, 2000, 2008. Okay, and then all the, but then everybody at that it time touched off. It it, it, it was the uh, catalyst for the uh, collapse. The collapse is going to happen sooner right. or later anyway. But uh, this this really accelerated. It it, it was an accelerant. Well, in those days, worked. people had cars to sell, right? So, uh, you know, now now of course they don't. So of course I mean the knucklehead that I am, I pull out my little calculator and my piece of paper and I go. Let me get this straight. These guys want me to turn in my truck, which gets whatever, 12 miles at a gallon, uh, or 13, and they want me to buy something that gets 17. All right, now here's how many miles I drive per year. So we're talking about, let's say, 100 gallons of gas difference, maybe 200. Say 200. That's nice. I'll be nice. So that's that's a thousand bucks at five hours, which they weren't 500s back then. So say 800 bucks. But if I go buy this new truck for forty-five grand, my tax is going to be four thousand bucks or something along those lines. So I'm a ten-year break-even on just the tax on the new truck, not even counting the truck. I mean, so I mean, somewhere along the line, people have to realize that unless you're a salesman, unless you're already driving people around from house to house, or unless you're a truck driver, it's not that big of a deal, Kevin. I mean, I mean, it's a pain in the ass, but it's not. You know, what I'm saying it's not. It's nowhere well, near. It, it starts. It really does start to manifest itself through everything now. I, I get it. Um, you know, uh, shipping. Any any companies uh, 
shipping contracts are all they all have accelerators for uh, for fuel prices which they should so that you know it starts cutting into the bottom line and that starts causing layoffs and you know there's there's all kinds of ripples that are fuel related plus you know in general um, you know there there is a whole lot of oil content in uh, in you you know you pick a product and and you say oh it can't be uh, it, it can't have oil content yes it can hundred percent agree but I'm saying that a couple of ladies in the office here the rent has just gone up from like fifteen hundred to twenty two fifty well they don't even drive <laughs> you know I mean, that seven hundred hours is an awful lot of gas is what I'm saying yeah well I'm, I'm with you yeah I mean it uh, by the way, it, I, I think right now it's it's gas, but it's also groceries. People are I would agree. people are very very tapped into groceries right now. And all the little tricks the uh, I buy. Well, everybody knows I cook for the office because uh, yeah, I like cooking. And after the show, I need to wind down a little bit. We have a, a full kitchen. There's no place to buy breakfast around here. Still in the South Loop. So I, I buy. You, you ever see that the the really high end pancake stuff, the Klondike? I mean, it's, it's like all the rest of the stuff is two bucks a, a thing. Well, it's not Aunt Jemima anymore. I can't say that. It's Old Mill and the other one, whatever the different ones are. They're like two bucks. This one's like six. It's got oats in there and all kinds of crap. Uh, you buy the box. The box's not very big. The, the pancake bag inside is half the size of the box. Now, can you imagine if they actually cut the size of the box down to the size of the, of the pancake batter inside? Nobody would buy it, Kevin. It would look like what? What is that? <laughs> it, can't, it can't be pancake batter, but it's it's half the box. It's like your cornflakes, half the box type of thing. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah, it, it is actually. <laughs> when, when we talk about packaging, this is something I actually discuss in the class. Oh God, SP Futures up thirteen is, is as much about marketing as it is about storing product. Oh yeah, SP Futures up thirteen. SP Futures up forty two. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. 
Support the Stocks and Jocks team. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, and Chief's favorite, the Stocks and Jocks ladies thong, all available at our online store. Just go to StocksandJocks.com and click the link to order any amount of great Stocks and Jocks merchandise for yourself and any other Stocks and Jocks listener in your life. The prices are affordable and the selection is out of the park. The Stocks and Jocks online store at StocksandJocks.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. We're at Vern on the board. SP Futures up 15. As they Futures up 50, we started this kind of direction yesterday, and then we kind of fizzled. Uh, and just fizzled for the whole day. We didn't do hardly anything. Dow Futures up 89. Nothing crazy moving here. We've got Goldman Sachs up a buck 62, but it's that's no big deal. But everything in the Dow is pretty much green. Uh, so we, we've got that going for us. We're in Asia. We've got the Nikkei up 727, 2.6% uh, uh, as they reopen. Uh, Shanghai down 4.1%, and uh, Hang Seng still hanging right over 20,000, up 93 points to 20,175. Hang Seng has had the, been the worst market worldwide for the last couple of years. Uh, the DAX up 47.3%, FTSE up 8. Call that flat, kick around up 8, call that flat. So, had kind of a snoozer day around the world, except for the Nikkei, which is reopened. Um, yesterday, we had the Dow was up 27, S&P down 2, NASDAQ down 75. So, we had a uh, uh, mixed bag yesterday. Bonds down one basis point, 2.87. The bun uh, minus one base, uh, pl- I'm sorry, plus one basis point, 0.98. Uh, Japan unchanged at 0.19. Oil down a buck 34 to 93, so it's still, we can't get anywhere near back to that 100 number. Uh, Brent down one, 98.53. Natural gas down 22, 864. Arbob down four cents at 302. Arbob's been pretty steady through. Really, all this kind of oil moving up and down the last few weeks has been between three bucks and three oh seven, so it's pretty steady. We, there's no way we should be paying close to five hours here. Some places in Chicago, actually in the city, are paying more than five hours. Uh, gold down five bucks, eighteen oh two. Silver down ten cents, twenty twenty four. Copper down five cents, three sixty five. I'm really kind of surprised that this gold has not moved here. Obviously, since I have some of it, uh, and uh, I'm you know with the Fed really not doing what they say they're doing, to me anyway. Uh, I'm surprised it's not moving up, but it is not. Uh, crypto, down, or Bitcoin down 519, so back under the 24,000. Amazing correlation with the Bitcoin sometimes in the market. We'll see if the market turns with Bitcoin today. Maybe it won't. And we have uh, 
the euro versus the dollar. The euro is down uh, 34, which means the dollar is up to 1.0288. Uh, we'll see if that makes any difference today. Matt, what do you have for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Yeah, good morning. Currently, it is 6.37 a.m. on Friday, August 12th, 2022. Let's get you into MLB yesterday. Last night, the Cubs against Reds, 4-2 uh, in the Field of Dreams game. Cubs win. Uh, the game started off with Hall of Famer Ken Griffey Jr. and his father emerging from the cornfield uh, and started for a, play, a, a game of catch. A uh, big crowd pleaser for that event. Uh, the White Sox uh, are at Kansas City. Uh, Sox lose 3-5. Diamondbacks, uh, home with Pittsburgh, win 9-3. Tomorrow, White Sox uh, with uh, uh, Detroit, that is, and the Diamondbacks at Colorado. Now for the weather in Chicago. Uh, sunny skies currently. It was a really beautiful morning. Uh, nice full moon if you caught it, if you were uh, out early enough. It was uh, you know real big sight there. Uh, currently 66 degrees, a high of 78, and a low of 65. In Phoenix, partly cloudy, 89 degrees, a high of 103 degrees, and a low of 82 degrees. Now for traffic in Chicago, traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between Wolf Road and Austin Boulevard, traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue to North Sire Avenue, heavy traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between 31st Street to the Jane Byrne Interchange downtown, and finally heavy traffic northbound on the Stevenson between Route 171 to South Damon Avenue. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. Do you think, you conspiracy guys, do you think that the game was planned when they knew it was going to be a full moon? I think, Do I think that they planned it that well? No, I doubt <laughs> it. As soon as I saw the, the shot of the full moon last night, I'm going, I wonder if these guys are smart enough to plan that. Maybe they did. It's not impossible. Well, what's the name of the... plan for no, no clouds, too? Well, <laughs> I don't know about the, What's the name of the, uh, the July full moon, uh, Matt? Ooh. They all have a name. I bet you can find it. I believe it, it was... Uh, could it be the, the, the buck moon, isn't it? Maybe. I bet you can find it. Let me go look for that. Uh, Kevin, you know anything about this uh, uh, this big Zantac lawsuit? This is huge. This, nope. this is one of the most complicated things. For those that uh, we saw some of the stocks this week, uh, uh, GlaxoSmithKline, Sanofi, Halion, all sold off sharply the other days. The litigation charges focused on this popular heartburn drug, Zantac. I, re- I remember this drug. It was, it was uh, the original patent was way back in the day, and then it came off patent and was over the counter. But so many people got involved. Zantac is the brand name for a drug called ranitidine, a medicine used to relieve heartburn. It was originally invented and sold by Glaxo as a prescription drug in the 1980s before transitioning to over-the-counter medicine. In 2019, regulators launched a safety review made concern the drug contains a probable carcinogen called NDMA. I have no idea what that is. Prompting manufacturers to pull it from the shelves. In 1920, the U.S. FDA and the European Medicine it pulled everything off the market. Now there's 2,000 cases have been filed against this thing. The trial begins August 22nd, but said the litigation is particularly complicated because so many pharma players have been involved with the drug. The patent expired in 1997. It must come out in 1980. So there are multiple manufacturers, retailers, and distributors of medicine named as defendants in the lawsuit. Can you imagine the size of this lawsuit? There are multiple owners of the OTC rights in the U.S. since 1998, including... Lexo, Smith, Hines, Sanofi, Pfizer, Boehringer, Boehringer, Engelheim, who the, who the hell are they? Uh, Halion, the consumer health business spinoff from Glaxo, Smith, Line last month, is not primarily liable. Anyway, how, what are they going to do with this thing? I mean, when some of this stuff is so complicated. Would you like to be the judge on this one? No. No, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I mean, it's a, 
boy, boy cra- crazy, crazy stuff. What, um, it's, uh... Hey, did you see the, uh, the new CDC guidance yesterday? Yeah. I sent you, I think I sent you that, yeah. Actually, I had a, uh... Yeah. I had you, a you don't need to quarantine if you were exposed, just from being exposed. Um, you don't screen people who have no symptoms. Um, you don't, uh, you don't have to, uh, have tests to, uh, you know, to stay, like, in schools uh, after potential exposure. So, what changed? It's just among us. Everybody's got it, and nobody's dying. It's just among us. Well, I, I wouldn't say nobody's dying. Well, I mean, the people that I... I know all yeah. kinds of people. <laughs> more, more deaths in the last year than we did any year before. Well, but we, we count them. But I'm saying... The I, way I prob- we count them, but yeah. But, I mean, I probably know... You know apples to apples comparison, it's no better. And and what are we finding now? That uh, you know, I, I sent you the. There's not a lot of numbers available, but I, I sent you the uh, San Diego, uh, San Diego County ones, and oh, yeah. it's like uh, 41% of the deaths are uh, vaccinated and double boosted, and uh, and another oh you know almost 30% are uh, are va- fully vaccinated. Yeah. So oh, yeah. we're we're kind of getting to the point where um, it doesn't take but a couple of months, and there is no effect from vaccinations. I, uh, interesting you no mentioned effect, it. other than the adverse effects that you can get from it. Well, the a lot of young people in this area down here, there's all kinds of people that managed to make it two and a half years without getting it, and all of a sudden have it. In Russell's family, he was telling us yesterday, right, or on Wednesday, that he that everybody in his family had. He still hasn't had it, but his family has. And with the younger people, it's it's a solid week, ten days. I mean, for some, I mean, it's not you know you're not nobody's going to hospital, but it's uh you know the, the sore throat, the cough, and everything. Matter of fact, yesterday I go out my six month checkup, uh, so I go out to uh, you know to all the doctors' offices are in the hospitals now. So it was the first time I had to wear a mask in ages. So I'm like, this thing sucks. Anyway, I go in there and, and uh, so I said, we're going through my stuff. So I thought the doctor, well, how are you? And he goes, I'm just getting over this cough. And I go, and this is one of the real big shots, right? And I go, really? He goes, yeah, we've, we've, our family, we finally all got it. I said, well, that's bizarre. And he goes, yeah, you know, I, I just, I just got my second booster because I had to go out of the country and I didn't want anybody to give me any crap for not having it. As soon as I got my second booster, I got it. I'm like, oh, really? You know, he says, I don't, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> this, this was, yeah, probably not. Yeah, this is like, um, you know, you know, and, and I'm curious. I, I haven't seen. Even even a word of studying it, but the number of trips to the uh, uh, disabled list, uh, there or the IL, the injury list on uh, uh, in baseball, um, where you know you have among the uh, highest incidence of uh, of vaccination, and so many of these are are mus- muscular. You know, it's it's uh, uh, shoulder soreness. It's you know, it's one it's it's one thing. For someone to need Tommy John surgery, it seems like every pitcher that throws hard needs that at some point nowadays. But we're we're not talking about that. We're talking about all kinds of muscle strains. And then the latest is uh, is a couple of guys on the White Sox now um, who had to be removed from the game yesterday. Somebody had to be removed from yesterday's game with lightheadedness, um, and, and you know, to a uh, to a point of being uh, problematic. But they also had you know the center fielder Luis Robert. Missed uh, missed a week because of uh, lightheadedness. I don't know that any of this. You know, it's not been studied as far as I know, so I don't know if it's related. But I'd be suspicious.
to ask. Uh, nobody wants to ask it. Nobody wants to ask it. But in fact, my, my doctor yesterday said, well, it probably and he immediately dropped back to the party line. Well, it probably was a lot uh, less of a problem than if I didn't get the vaccination. So that's that's what everybody's falling yeah, back. And, and I'm saying probably not. Well, that's what they that's what they tell you every year with the flu shot. If they miss the flu, they say take it anyway because, uh, by the way, your, your symptoms will be less. You know, we uh, I don't want to dig into this too much, but Eliani, <laughs> um, as you know, she's, I love her. She be she can be she's a little combative sometimes. Uh, I mentioned the other day on the, on the show that they had redefined the word vaccine. And, of course, she was all over me after the show saying, what are you talking about? And I said, well, they, she goes, flu shots are vaccines. I said, well, yeah, 20 years ago they weren't. They were a flu shot. A vaccine was oh, something. Three that, years ago they weren't. Well, it was, it was sort of a, a vaccine was something you took like once, and that, and that was it, like a, a measles vaccine. And, but a flu shot was, was, I don't know what the actual word, the clinical word for it was, but it well, you know what, Kevin? She so she's her phone. I'm cooking breakfast. She's got her phone reading me off every every place on Google, telling me how wrong I am. And I'm thinking, okay. So of course, after she leaves, I do this myself. You cannot find the original definition of vaccine anywhere. It has been purged from our lexicon. And then I I talked to one. It's, of my, it's hard to newspeak. Yeah, I talked to one of my my uh, my wacky buddies. My, my, I do have a lot of them. I say wacky, they're terrific. I talked to my buddy. Uh, I just refer to him as Skippy, not his regular name. He goes, you know what I have? If you want the definition? He goes, I've got this 30-year-old Webster I keep at my desk. I'm never going to get rid of it. He goes, next time you go buy an old old book sale, grab like a 40-year-old dictionary. (laughs) That way you can at least know how stuff has changed. I mean, I I, I never even thought of that. That's a good idea. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. Oh, God. So, anywho, what... uh, what do you make of uh, what's going on, the, the, the college football thing? Any any further uh, you, you keep your eyes on? Are there, there going to be a gazillion transfers again this year? And the I I can't believe the amount of how we've gone from two or three years ago. And I'm shifting the subjects here, where the people in the transfer portal weren't supposed to have an agent and everything. Now with this likeness thing, this this has to be an absolute. These guys have time to go to class now. With all well, stuff the going schools on. are the agents now. Yeah, well, that's uh, you know that that's sort of the development is they're arranging everything now, and I don't I, I think I've mentioned this on the air before that you know one of the, the NCAA it's it's unbelievable that you know over over what a ten or twelve year period that they lost every single case rela- on this subject and it just kept appealing it up appealing it up and appealing it up, <laughs> and when they finally lost in the Supreme Court they had no idea what they were going to do, it was like. It was like they just figured they would win eventually. That you know, it, despite losing over and over again, and so uh, so it, it, everything just you know opened up. No controls, no rules, no structure, no nothing. And uh, and so that's that's where we are today. Now the one area where it seems to me that they could have some control is that they still have a rule, and, and that says. That student athletes, ha, 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 uh, that the student athletes are, cannot get benefits that aren't available to the rest of the student body. Because I think when the athletic department sets up basically a marketing agency under its own auspices that is only there for the athletes, that that's a benefit. That's the that kind of violates the extra benefits law. 
Well, so that's where I think they are. Right, well, Kevin, how? But, let's let's. But but they're not they're not doing anything about it. Well, they, we're, don't know, we're, they don't know what to do. Okay, but we're 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 stacks and jacks, and that's been an issue, really, in in this country. In in my mind, I don't know if a, the listeners would agree. That's been an issue in this country. How do people separate themselves and do the same thing through another entity? And it's really you, but it's not. I mean, and I'll give you an example. In, in our industry, when the payment for order flow first came out, uh, and while it was a, it was considered a bad thing, you know, for a firm like a, you know, for a, a Schwab or somebody to say, oh yeah, I'm taking payment for order flow. Nobody wanted to do that. So I'm not accusing them as being one of the four, but four firms immediately formed a subsidiary where they fed all the orders to, and then they split the money from the subsidiary. So this this idea I mean, in, in this country, I mean, I know the, the Supreme Court has decided that the that you know corporations are regular people, except they don't pay taxes like regular people, uh, which is kind of interesting. But you see this everywhere. I mean, okay, so I mean, my first question to to Lou when this all started, okay, let's let's say Alabama, let's say Sidewash, and not even use a regular name, Sidewash State decides, hey. If anybody's going to pay our guys, we might as well do it. So let's us have us, whoever us is, let's us form, what are we forming? Are we forming an LLC? Are we forming a C-Corp? Is a school in, in a, is a school a general partner with this thing? I doubt it. I mean, who exactly are these people that are now going to run this, you know, offensive line, you know, line lineman club or something crap where every, every lineman has to show up at Joe's Pizza once a, once a quarter and everybody gets 50 grand or some huge number? I mean, what exactly is that to the school? Who, who who writes that check? I mean, I think I think we're getting to the point where if we don't, if the colleges don't be careful here, that that person will be an employee of that place or something. Well, I, and I, yeah, I think they're headed down that road, um, not not on purpose, um, but there, there's there's a short term thought process that everybody is using now in recruiting, saying, well, we can get you better name imaging likeness, likeness deals than, uh, than the next guy. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's become a big part of the equation now in recruiting every bit as much as trying to sell, you know, the value of the school, the value, you know, whatever the uh, educational value is of the school and so on. You know, it's, it's all there. Uh, and I am completely in favor of the athletes being able to cash in on their notoriety. I, you know, I don't have any problem with that uh, any more than I would have a problem with uh, somebody who is, um, you know, one of the, uh, uh, in the music department, a student in the music department of the school who, uh, who also happens to, um, you know, play, play gigs, you know, play, you know, play uh, professionally. You know, maybe, maybe it's in a bar, maybe it's a, you know, a bigger deal. Um, uh, you know, how many times have we seen people in the drama department of, say, uh, uh, Northwestern or something, will drop out for a semester to make a movie? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it, you know, I, I don't have any problem with it happening, but it needs it needs either some structure or it it needs this is it, it's evolving into something that's as dishonest as the under the table recruiting process was. Well, there's a there's a uh, yin and yang or a connection here between. If if, uh, <clears throat> if if Maddie's our, our our offensive lineman, we're trying to recruit, and we say, well, w- we can get you a better deal if you don't like this than you can yourself, and all of a sudden you you allow Matt to wear the Notre Dame jersey at their shtick, but if he wears it somewhere else, you'd say, wait a minute, you're not selling your likeness, you're selling ours. 
that's a problem. We don't want you. Now, if, if they pull that string, which they probably are, knowing, I mean, thinking, knowing the yeah, way they so think. so we get our cut. So now do they get their cut? I mean, how does this all, and, and how, who exactly, I guess, what exact, what entity is this? Is this entity now because it's it's thought up by by university? Is this also tax-free? Or or how does how does the taxes work? How does, how does the profit flow through? Does it all go to the to the players that are in there? Is it a is it a non not for profit operation because everything goes to or you could be set up as a SIBO. A SIBO was a not for profit, but it still paid taxes. Not all not for profit profits don't pay taxes. For those that don't know that, um, they just made sure they never really had a profit. They would kick stuff back to the, men, the members, and if they had a little bit of profit to build up like a a war chest, they just paid taxes on it. So I mean, it, it, there's all kinds of different structures. I mean, what, what? How do you have to set this up where you're still not <coughs> taxed? And, and now are these guys going to be, if if they get this money, if it's if it's 1099, how do they not? Now I I know that if uh, if if stocks and jacks had a building, and we, we wanted to deduct it, now most people don't think for a second if somebody comes by <coughs> and, and shovels your snow. Every time there's a snowfall, and at the end of the year you paid the dude, you know, 900 bucks because you had a lot of snow that year. Don't don't meet people if you gave them 25 hours or 30 bucks a snow shovel. You never even think of it, right, Kevin? Yet in reality, if it was a corporation and you wanted to deduct that 900 bucks, or if it was a building that uh, you owned and you were operating the building separately, that you need to, if you're deducted, you better, unless you can, you're willing to lie and say there were. 15 different snow shovelers you only gave them all 100 hours a piece which nobody would believe um, that if you're going to give you know the, the homeless guy in the corner a thousand bucks you need to give him a 1099 right and, and he immediately even if the thousand bucks is all he made owes the government 150 bucks because of uh, the, you know, the your base rate tax is what 15 percent of you if you're paying your full social security and your medicare and the other stuff well now are these players now going to have to be? They're getting ten ninety nines. I assume they're paying all this stuff, right? Or not? I mean, they must be. Well, and, and who's handling all the withholding on it? And well, there's no handling there, all of the. You there know, is no. There is no withholding on a ten ninety nine. There's no withholding. Uh, well, no, but you ha- you ha- you're, you're supposed to send in quarterly. No, um, no, you're not. There's nothing. That's the whole point of a ten ninety nine. He's a contractor. Oh, you don't issue. That's right. Ten ninety nine. You don't issue. Uh, however, if if you ha- if you have your own income, you are supposed to put in some withholding. Oh, over sure. The course if of it, the year. I mean, if, if you're if you're a computer guy, and all the, and, and and you're making a hundred grand, and they give you a check for twenty five grand every quarter, the first year you don't have to. If, if you make it nothing, you don't you don't have to. I don't think you have to pay anything estimated. Now the next year, once you have the hundred grand, uh, I think you're supposed to pay estimated the next year. Then right? I'm not a tax guy, so don't. God help it! Don't take my advice. I don't take my own. But I think after that, you're right. You're supposed to pay estimated, correct? Yep. You know, but I mean, I mean, how this all works? I'm, I'm, I'm just intrigued. I mean, if, if I'm, if I'm, father, whoever he is, and runs Notre Dame these days, they say this is what we're going to do, and I mean, he's going to say, okay, well, who exactly are these people? What are they to us? <clears throat> how do these kids? Who's the check coming from? You know, blah blah blah. And uh, you know, I. I, I don't Who's know. advising them? Who's preventing them from uh, preventing um, some of the companies from taking advantage of them? Um, but, you know, there, I, I think there's a lot in there, and it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Well, if, if you're if there it's will, run, there will have to be a horror story before we do anything. 
is is the person who runs it is he an employee of the university so there's some liability there or some strings or is he totally different we're gonna we're gonna hire some you know some wacky alumni to run it which we we don't supervise him at all or do we I mean, I can, well, there, there, there is, there is. I know a a group of Notre Dame alumni, Brady Quinn's among them, who have formed something. But it, it's also, um, it, you know, it it has a uh, a social mission to it as well. Oh, bull, bull, so, um, bull, you know, bull, so bull, 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 name, imaging, and lightning stuff. But they're lending it to uh, um, different, you know, causes of, you know, feeding children and things like oh, that. Oh, bull. So you know, I know that's that's a, um, a side issue. Um, and, and no, I don't. I don't distrust their intentions on that. I, I think they 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 have an idea. Um, it's a social entrepreneurship type of idea, and those are out there everywhere. Uh, but the, the the point being, I know that is a distinct third party detached from the well, athletic. Department. But I mean, but here's here's it. When you say detached, okay, um, and we're we're not arguing. We're just discussing. As soon as this this thing came out, <clears throat> you know I have a a lot of uh, well I have a lot of clients <coughs> that are pretty intra- entrepreneurial people. I did the first week, Kevin. I got two phone calls from my guys, my guys, uh, my peeps, uh, saying my how does my 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 son and daughter were athletes at this place? They immediately want to open up a place and start contracting contacting these athletes and uh, and form the marketing place for them. They both want. The Northwestern Marketing, they both know this stuff. And I said, boy, I don't know how to start. I mean, I, I don't know these people. Um, you know, the last guy I talked to from Notre Dame was a football player, was a guy who just went to the Hall of Fame the other day. By the way, congratulations to him, Brian Young, huh? Nice guy, real mm-hmm. nice guy. And uh, wow. he, uh, I said, I, I don't know these people. Well, i got to believe that the, the Brady Quinns of the world, and <clears throat> I don't, I know nothing bad about Brady Quinn, is going to come up to the university with some song and dance and say, how about let me run this for you, and oh, by the way, we'll, we'll, we'll kick 20% of the money to starving kids and God knows where or something. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's an advantage, Kevin. I don't know that it's a, you know, I don't know how, how legit that is. Yeah, when you know I say it's detached, I'm saying legally detached. Yeah. So it's, it, the, you know, you're definitely not an employee of the university. But now if, 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 if you allow Brady Quinn to, for the kid to show up with the Notre Dame hat on, <clears throat> where... If it's one of my client's kids, and you say absolutely not, now now what? Well, it's a good question because they they protect their trademarks, uh, you know, vigorously. So, so, you know, we'll we'll see how that comes into play. Now, again, this is this is all going to fall out. Now, you go back to your friends because I know we're running out of time. You go back to your, you know, the people who ask you about that, uh, and how do you get started? And the answer gets to be either. You are welcomed in by uh, a, a college, or, uh, or or multiple colleges, maybe. Uh, or your alternative, I think, is that you um, uh, you have to start recruiting the uh, young people in high school, and that won't be at all a shady business. Oh, I know. Well, well, the other the other alternative is you have the person, and you play the colleges off one against the other, right? I've got this. Huge oh yeah, heart. you start to do what yeah. uh, what Adidas did. Yeah, with the, I have um, I have Matt you know, Byrne stuff that turned into the yeah. FBI probe. I have Matt Byrne, uh, or you know, it's, I think this actually would work. Scary as it may seem, it it started out. Everybody thinks that this is all about the quarterback, 
the first people that did the best on this weren't wasn't it the volleyball twins that were drop dead gorgeous. Oh yeah, people that have social media presence already. Yeah. social media, social media appeal is a big part of this. But if those girls are coming out of high school and Matt's got them as clients, first question to Notre Dame or Northwestern. I've got these girls as clients. What kind of deal are you giving them to play volleyball in Notre Dame? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, no yeah. kidding. Yeah, without, without question. Anyway, like I said, won't be shady at all. Won't be anything untoward about it. The immortal words of Jack Callahan, a friend of mine on the board of CBOE, we don't know where we're going, but we're well on our way. It's always the volleyball yeah, don't, don't know where I'm going, but getting there fast. Yeah, <laughs> SP Futures up 15, the SFU's up 54. Be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. Has your broker ever given you the brush off or a non-answer when you had a question about stocks and options? This was my experience. Live broker assistance was at a premium, and not getting help used to cost me money. But then I switched to PTI Securities and Futures. PTI's brokers answer the phone by the third ring to respond to my questions, place my trades, and take time to counsel me on the prospective trades I'm thinking about. The superior customer service I've received from PTI brokers has actually made me money, and who couldn't use that? PTI brokers are licensed investment professionals with an average of 10 years on the trading not only that, they offer free investor education sessions and even publish stocks they're watching on their website, PTISecurities.com. If you like personalized attention and actually getting answers from a live broker, call PTI Securities and Futures toll-free at 1-800-821-4968 or visit PTISecurities.com. I recommend you make the switch. Believe me, your portfolio will thank you. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's no crying in baseball. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howell. I'm Matt Burn on the board. SPP is up 14. The SPP is up 47. We're trying to have an update again today. Do we have Mr. Carl? Are you there? I am here. I just was looking as we played the thing about the no crying in baseball. Does this guy remind me? Is this is this was this Carl back in the day? CEO posts crying selfie on LinkedIn after laying off employee and it goes viral. Is this you? Uh, 
No. Brandon Wallachy runs the Ohio-based business B2B marketing agency HyperSocial. Shared the picture on Wednesday, and it shows the guy tears running down his face as he as he laid off some people, and he's got 6,700 comments. And what's there's a comment and a reaction? I don't know, I have no idea. 33,000 reaction. What's there's a comment and a reaction? I think the reaction. Well, uh, little... well, I don't know. Maybe like you know, a thumbs up is a reaction. Yeah, a little emojis and all that. Ah, okay. See, I don't even know any of that stuff. So, Carl, how are you, bud? What, what's up? It is crazy. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, the uh, the political season has certainly heated up a little bit. Um, and and isn't it fascinating how that dovetails with the uh, the, the official misinformation bureau, uh, commonly known as the White House? Uh, how long has that been going on now? About thirty years. Well. Yeah, but here's so here's here's the, the the interesting twist on this. Okay, private organizations, of course, uh, cannot violate the First Amendment because they're not the government. Okay, so a private organization can you know can ban anybody it wants, can have whatever terms of service it wants, can have uh, you, you know so it's, it's a private company. Right up until that private company conspires with a government agency or government person, no matter who it is, and no matter what the what the cause of action is, and that shapes the policy. And as soon as you can prove that, the organization loses that shield. That is, obviously, we know it's been going on for an awfully long time, right? I mean, it's you know, just look at the economic numbers. Look at that nonsense that comes out of the oh, yeah. you know out of the mainstream crazy, crazy. business media, the CNBCs of the world, and stuff like this. Um, and and their attempt to claim to have some kind of balance in their reporting and the people that they have on. I mean, it, it, you know, the stuff that went on during the OA crash. It, it was it was absolutely outrageous. And, and I mean, I you know. I'm not kidding anybody. I've been blackballed by all of the major media outlets. Um, and that blackball, by the way, stands to this day because about a year and a half ago, I had one of them want me to come on and was told by their producers they could not. And the reason is that back during the crash, I said that these banksters that had pulled this stuff all out of their prison. And I said it on the air. Yeah, well, they... It's, they, they well, that... I mean, that was my opinion. They asked my opinion, I gave them my opinion, and and that got me blackballed literally across the business media marketplace. Well, Carl, why, why, why don't, uh, my, I guess my question is, maybe people get used to it, or you, you don't think about it because you got other stuff to do in your life, you got kids, you got things that are crises all over the place, everybody knows anything. If you run a business, you got crises all over the place. Uh, how is it that people don't don't get that CNBC is entertainment, it's not news. I mean, I... Well, that's... Uh, yeah, it, it, but, but see, here's the thing now. Here's, here's the thing. Yes, it's entertainment. You and, you and I both know that, right? But when you, when you shape that covertly from inside government offices, you've broken the law. Well, but, I, but the entertainment, uh, when I say entertainment, that's... You know what, Carl? That, that's not the right word. 
but there 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 isn't a right word that I know of. Maybe with Jan Flanagan. Right, well, there, well, and and again, there's there's supposed to be a you know a Chinese wall, if you will, between opinion and news too, right? Of course, we all know there isn't. Well, um, right. I, but here's 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 what kind of where I'm going with this. Maybe where's our buddy Jan Flanagan, Mister our, our 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 wordiest word? That's not the right word either. Our mer- most word word knowledgeable person on the show. Everybody everybody on the show is great at something, I think, and and pretty good at everything else. Uh, when you I'll, I'll create the situation, and maybe you can tell me. Actually, Mr. Matt Burns pretty good at this, too. Mm. Okay, you, you want to report on the Federal Reserve, okay? But you also know to be the lead uh, n- network regarding business news or news affecting business, you also want to be the person, the first station that people from the Federal Reserve are dying to come on to be interviewed. Right. That is, that's, that's not, it's not entertainment in the sense that you're, you're running naked people across the screen. The screen in that regard, it's not like the old MTV. They weren't naked, unfortunately. Uh, well, some, unfortunately, some, fortunately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want me naked on there, but that would be an unfortunate clue. Anyway, the uh, but I'm saying there, there's, there's a, I won't say there's a, it's entertainment and it's somewhat news. But in order to get those people on, I mean, you could never have, I mean, the people that I have on, even the pol- political people. The people I ask on, it's it's not a, it's it's not a fair game, uh, Carl, in the sense that I ask them on because I can tell by their personality, Keith and Karen were on recently, that they will answer any of my questions. The people that that I that won't, I either won't ask, and if I did, they wouldn't come. Yeah, so it's, there's like a selection right. process before the thing. I mean, Karen's not afraid of anybody. Neither's Keith, right? That's why I lo- that's why I wanted them both on here: one Democrat, one Republican. So that they're right. Well, that's, but that's see, that's that's the thing is that it's uh, you know it's kind of like when I when I, I was the treasurer for a uh, a guy who ran for Congress on the Libertarian ticket a number of years ago, and we identified a particular issue having to do with uh, the Armed Services Committee that the incumbent was extraordinarily vulnerable on had to do with Camp Lejeune and the and the poisoning of the water supply there that had gone on for a very long time and the government knew about it and did nothing. Okay. And as a result there were an awful lot of people who got injured, including cancers and deaths and, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. And and he had been stonewalling any attempt to actually get to the bottom of what had happened, who knew about it, when they knew about it, why it was essentially buried instead of being dealt with. Well, he got nailed at a campaign appearance when they were both there because uh, I, I brought this in. The candidate looked at it, he liked it, and, uh, and, and he hit him square in the face with it. From that day forward, and this was Miller in the first district in, in Florida, he refused to show up anywhere where Halen was going to be unless he could control the narrative and the venue. Right. Oh, yeah. He did. He just. I mean, but I mean, you know. Now, okay, this was a guy running as a third party. So, I mean, you know, we had an extraordinary result in the positive sense for a third party candidate. He didn't beat him, but I have to believe that we, you know, we took a big chunk out of his backside with that. Well, I don't. I mean, even even, but it's gotten to the point, Carl, where you can't even. There's, there's not even a Howard Cosell that will ask any. No, I, I'm just saying he only got to do it once, right? And then from that point on, he he literally hit under the desk. So I mean, it, it, and that's 
that's the pattern, though, that we have in the media today, and with you know with America today. Right? And and to you know, you and I have talked about the concentration in different industries. You know, this thing with baby food and uh, you know and all this, right? That concentration also exists to a large extent in the media industry, and it always sure. has. Sure, is. it's not a new thing. I, I, you know, I live in Chicago thirteen years. We had the Tribune and the Sun Times, right? That was that was basically it. When I when you know my parents lived in the Detroit area, it was the Detroit, Detroit Free Press. That's 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 one paper. Well, we used to have the the Daily News. As soon as the Daily News went down, the whole place went went under. I mean, newswise went under. Well, I'm just saying, yeah. as soon as you get to the point that you have only one or two of anything, right, in any economic environment, uh, what competition? Well, I mean, but let's, let's we have let's say for instance, not for instance, it's it's, it's for real. I mean, I guess you, these other Echo stations, my girlfriend listens to. I don't, I don't even, I don't know if I have them on my cable, but uh, you got CNBC, you got Fox Business, and you got Bloomberg. Well, first of all, every, everybody gets if you, if you got any kind of cable that gives you if you're, if you're the the first five bucks at five bucks, you're the first level of cable. You're going to get CNBC. Second level, you're going to get Fox, and most people probably don't get Bloomberg. But right. but the thing of it is, you 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 can't have uh, after Exxon's earnings, you want to be the station that uh, the the CEO of Exxon comes on first. Right now, now there's a price to pay for that. I mean, and, and you know, my uh, my buddy Dr. J would tell me uh, since he's not, I haven't seen him on CNBC in a while. I think there's an issue there, but uh, who knows? The I haven't asked him. I don't know. So the uh, I mean, he would say, "There's questions that if you ask, they'll never come back." But everybody knows the routine. Well, now even the, the Fed people, like if, if somebody were to about some simple question, like Mary Daly, the one who doesn't worry about inflation because she's got so much money from San Francisco, she comes on there and talks about the consumer price number the other day. And if I were to say something really simple, like um, you know, Miss Daly, I, it seems to me I know you guys are not you don't work for the Bureau of Labor Statistics. I said, but you also, but I mean, you're 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 all economists. You're all brilliant people. I mean, you wouldn't be there. I mean, I'll, I'll you know I'll blow some smoke up somebody's ass a little bit if I have to, and then I'll say, but you know, it seems odd to me that we've had gasoline prices have come down for one month basically, and, and immediately they're in the index is down four point five percent on energy, and yet rents have been going up for two years, and that has right. not shown up in there. Do, do, does any does that cause anybody on the on the on the and the board pause, or am I the only person seeing that? I mean, I mean, obviously, there's the, these numbers are I won't say tainted, but there's there's something wrong with with a six percent rent number when we know it's three times that, and and a house a house number is six percent, and oh by the way, houses are up twenty percent, mortgages are up thirty. I mean, do, do you guys, I know it's not your job to take apart the CPI number, but you have to raise an eyebrow like I do. Well, chief, you know, look at the look at the scam that I've I've brought up now for you know for over a decade reporting on this thing, which is that you know supposedly health insurance is eight tenths of one percent of your spend. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, I mean, come on, and and you know, all through the Obamacare years, when people that were were buying those policies, and and by the way, not just the people buying them, but the companies buying them, because you know, in the nineteen nineties, uh, you know, I was running a I was running a corporation in Chicago. We were getting the double-digit increases every single blankety blank in year, right? Oh. And and like it or not, um, oh, nobody pays that. You know, 
It's fascinating to me that you have these people that are supposedly economists. This is supposed to be their bailiwick. And yet they will act as though if I can transfer a cost to someone else, it disappears. Right. It's gone. It's not it's not that okay, you shifted it over here, so we're gonna account for it in this place. No, 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 no. It's gone. And and you know, it this this week's economic reports. If I need to come up with a new index, and I, I'm trying to figure out exactly how I want to calculate it and calibrate it yet, but I, but I'll tell you I'll tell you and all the listeners what it is. It's going to be the your screwed index from an employer's perspective, from a from a you know from a basic productivity perspective, and that is this: it is inflation plus the inverse of productivity gain. So. If you have inflation running at two percent, but productivity is running at three, you're you're plus one. Okay, because you're improving output faster than monetary debasement is taking it away from you. You're you're talking about a a uh, an establishment misery index. Yeah, basically, it's sort of like the you know like the misery index that used to be you know, inflation plus unemployment, right? right? Right, except this is going to be for businesses. Right? Well, this last this last set of reports that came out, the the productive first off, the productivity number is negative. Now that's something we haven't seen in a very very long time. That is a horrifying thing because not only was productivity negative, employment cost was up. Okay, uh, so let me let me dig down on this one a little bit. Um, it's been a long time for me since I went through these numbers. It's been a long time since I was in school, but it seemed like the productivity number was such a half-assed calculation. It was like units sold divided by the people or hours per unit or something like that. And it and I, I it seemed like I, matter of fact, I whoever the teacher was at the time, I, I I never used to do this. I was always the back row, and I never wanted to ask a question, right? was one of those kind of guys. Never the front row with your hand up. I couldn't stand those guys. Uh, but I was in the back row. I actually said, wait a minute. This is when we first started offshore stuff. I said, let me get this straight. The way this calculation works, if I'm Levi's, Levi Strauss used to make all their blue jeans here. Right. And all of a sudden, less and less here. And all of a sudden, they're all overseas. I said, with this basically half-assed calculation, uh, if they're all overseas, our, our, our productivity is infinite. And the guy said, well, if you look at just the math, you're right. <laughs> so my question is, 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 the, is the reverse of that also true? Is if we actually start bringing stuff back here and making it here, just by the, way that, by the stupid way that the number is calculated, are we automatically getting less efficient even though we're not? Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I, so part of, part of the problem with that particular series is that the way it's defined is published, but where they're getting the data from and the actual data set is not. Okay, so it's it's like so much of the you know so much of the other stuff. I mean, it, it, you take a look at the at the employment number that comes out. And, you know, we have this not in labor force number, right? Which right. is uh, you know we don't know what you're doing. There isn't a publicly available data set that you can download that says we called these 426,000 people. We surveyed the, this 426,000 people. 
I can't data check their information. It's you can't do it because the data is not exposed. What's well, like it's like so, it's like the people who are unemployed. They might actually people that fall off the unemployment rolls might still be actually looking for a job, but now they're not counted. Right. I mean, it's you know. It's one of these things that when I, you know, when I start digging into, you know, some of the COVID stuff, I could actually pull the data, like, from the states, like, from our state, Tennessee. I could pull it down. Uh, they publish it as an XLS file. I could pull it down, stuff it into a database, and then run an analysis on it. Same thing with the, you know, with the, the shot adverse event risks and, and the lot numbers. I was able to determine that there were certain lots that, that had wildly, you know, statistically improbable differences in the bad things that happen to people uh, that, uh, you know, I can't explain that. The only way to explain that is that there's a quality control problem within the manufacturing. It's the only thing that makes any sense when you're seeing, you know, 10, 15, 20, 100 times greater adverse event risk in one lot number of something than something else. The immediate assumption you have is that something's wrong with the lot that's hot, Okay. And, and uh, you know, then the, the presumption ought to shift. Well, nobody paid any attention to this during this, and, and yet the data was out there for everybody to look at. I ran that analysis some time back and said, hey, hey, guys, uh, excuse me, I don't have an explanation for this that makes any sense other than your QC sucks. And, and that's bad for something that you're stuffing in people's arms. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to these economic numbers, I can't run that same sort of analysis because the data set's not available. Well, that's a isn't that? <clears throat> well, that's about to shift gears, isn't that? The major issue with the uh, the Johnson's baby powder issue. <clears throat> it's a well, quality yeah, control I mean, issue. This, this, it, it is. I mean, it, the thing is, is that there's, you know, for anything that you that you think of as being important. I uh, I mean, I, I, go grab go grab a, the jar of peanut butter off your shelf. There's a lot number code on the side of the thing. Oh, sure. All right. I mean, it, this is this is kind of basic stuff. Same thing happens. Uh, you know, car manufacturers uh, look at this. Where do you where do you think the recall lists come from? You know, certain certain manufacturer, you know, certain VIN number ranges uh, use this part, and this particular part out of this lot had fails at a rate that five times higher than you know than than what we would normally expect. Uh, hey, there's something wrong with this. We need to bring these back in here and change them out because otherwise your brakes might not work. So, I mean, that's the, that's the thing that, that any kind of legitimate statistical analysis, you look at those patterns and you say, this is statistically improbable. Something is wrong here. I may not know exactly what it is, but this is so far out on the curve that I can't explain this as random chance. Something's broken. Now I need to figure out what's broken. And, and unfortunately, when it comes to the economic numbers, to a large extent, the data sets that, that actually would give you the ability to look at the sampling that they're doing and figure out whether or not it's, it's either being deliberately tampered with, which some people have argued for a long time, but they have no evidence for that either, or is it just that, that the quality control is crap? Well, a lot of what you're seeing, I mean, I don't... Well, the, the debate we're always having, are people doing a lot of this stuff on purpose? Or is it is it just random random stuff that's happening because of policies that maybe aren't well thought out? And I'm, I'm shifting from they're not. I'm shifting from they're, they are well thought out and are being done on purpose, Kyle. And I don't. Know, I really can't get any, anybody on the show really to agree with me to that extent. But some of this stuff 
I mean, I, I mean, you and I, well, a lot of people, we used to kid years ago about how, hey, the only way to, to get yourself out of a, 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 you know, can't pay, can't pay your debt situation is to inflate your currency. And I was shocked. I went yesterday and looked at the money supply. December 30th, 2019 till today, two and a half years, it's up 43%. Yeah. I mean, these are numbers that are, so now the, the, in the Fed, so, so why why did hamburger go from two bucks to four? Gee, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. And, and so now we've got we've got people that are that are lending the Fed money uh, for and say it's three percent or three and a quarter for the ten year, and the best they're going to do on the inflation anywhere along in there. Let's be nice and say it's six. Well, you're going your your investment's going to degrade three percent a year. Not to mention you're not going to get the income you think you're going to be getting. So at the end of the time, they're going to give you a, 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 an, an essential check for what, seven fifty, eight? If it was ten percent, it'd be four, right? Four hundred thousand on your mill. It's, it, I mean, it's, but I mean, this this is not. I don't. I don't think. I'm not that smart. If I if I figure this stuff out, you can't tell me nobody in Washington has figured this out. I mean, if we if we can debase the currency, we're paying. We're getting. I mean, the, that's what happened in the Weimar Republic. They debased their currency, so the money they gave in reparations to France and Britain was worth a lot less. Right. You can't tell me that that was 1920-something. We we forgot all that? That was 100 years ago. Well, they tried to do, you know, they, they, they thought, just like our clowns think, the same sort of mental masturbation that is, was going on then, that they could do this, get away with it with regards to the reparations. And it wouldn't destroy their economy. They were wrong. Well, if you were to to drag one of those guys out of the coffin, spin them around, they would say that it was a success because they ended up renegotiating. And at that, yeah, they renegotiated right into Hitler. Well, but I'm saying they renegotiated <laughs> with Britain and France. So, and even though it was an amazing cost to their population, they would say that it would. It was okay because those days might have had stock because the stock went straight up, just like it's doing here. Right, right. No, I know. And and it, but like I said, I mean, the the premise that they had was that they could get away with this without without leading to mass social upheaval, the destruction of the existing government, and and oh by the way, uh, then the the old salt that comes in uh, happened, which is that for every George Washington, you get ten Hitlers. Yeah. Well. Well, guess what? We got a Hitler. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I mean, big shock, right? I mean, you have a, the, the people that that have this romanticized view of going down that kind of a road. Uh, history says that nine times out of ten, maybe more, you get screwed. Well, you learn you learn lessons. I mean, I mean, you obviously in business that you were in, you learn lessons that you you can't even explain to people because it, it only happened maybe to you once. And but I had uh, one guest that was. Uh, uh, Boy, did he, did he teach me something? Was it, plus, I didn't like the guy at all. He was the head of the uh, uh, pension for the Chicago uh, Teachers Union. Right. And we were, we were talking about, you know, the pensions are this, and they needed that much money, and how they were entitled to it and everything. And I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you that, that you have a contract and, 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 and you're entitled. And, uh, and I said, but what I'm looking at is that the entitlement on this side is – is growing faster than the in, than the, the income on the side of the people that are paying for the, the money you pay for it, right? And, and I said, you know, one of these days, you know, that's going to cause a problem. I mean, the last guy standing in Chicago better be a wealthy man. 
That's what I told, what I told the guy. And he goes, they always have money. Everybody complains you can always get more money out of people or something along those lines. And I'm like, I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I, I'm looking at these numbers. Not that we, we have a a uh, graduated... We don't have as any any as many as many as many tax graduations as we didn't. We have only one at one point a few years ago. We had, we had one one tax. No, policy. I don't think it was ever one, but it's but it, it was like three or four brackets. It well, was now small. We're, well, now we're getting up there, and, and I'm, I'm just looking here, and, and you always look at people. And the reason why I do this, Carl, is one of the guys in the in the building here. Uh, some of the engineers and so forth—they're real good friends of mine, and and they're they're on the cusp. They're right on the. You know they're paying half of their own insurance. Fortunately, the right. the building is still paying it, so they're not. They don't. You know, it, it's not all of it, but they have a big deductible. They're they're right about where you don't want to be in this world in a lot of ways. But I'm looking at this thing right now. Your you twelve percent tax rate is goes up to. I'll round it off. It's forty one seven seven five. Say forty two thousand. So there's people that are making forty two thousand right now. So if we push this inflation thing out three years, which I'm sure we're going to do. Let's say this person, we have 10% a year for three years. Let's say 10% for two years. So now, if this guy gets a 10% raise, so if he's one of the few people that's actually held constant with his salary, which isn't going to be many people, he's now up to like 52000 or 51, right? Well, he just jumped from a 12% tax rate to a 22 on the next 8, eight, eight or 10000 And also... If he's over fifty, does he doesn't get any help from Obamacare, right? So, so now the, the guy goes from paying twelve uh, percent to now a, bl- a blended rate of probably what fourteen or fifteen. And oh, by the way, now his insurance he doesn't get. We we just eviscerated the poor soul. <laughs> and, and he, well, you know, I, I'll tell you what the Obamacare thing. If you're an entrepreneur or you're you're modestly self-employed, this once you get into the the forty plus age bracket. Your second twenty thousand dollars that you earn, assuming you're a single person, is is taxed between income tax, between FICA, Medicare, and the Obamacare premiums because that that assistance, that subsidy, phases out. You have very close to one hundred percent tax rate on that money. Oh yeah, yeah. And and it is it is that is the reason that I have refused since Obamacare passed to set up another company and, and go back into doing entrepreneurial things. Because for the first couple of years, when you start some new venture up, you, you don't make any money. No, it's bad. Okay? I mean, that's just the way it is. Unless you, you know, unless you're some window kind, you know, and, and the, you know, the venture people come showering you with all kinds of well, you can, Well, let's talk about that after, let's talk about that after the break. SP Futures up 20, and SP up 76. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading 
ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. I don't need your business. I value it. I'm successful to the point where I don't need to chase your business. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and back, Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Al, Mr. Matt Burner of the board. SP Futures up 21, NASDAQ Futures up 77, Dow Futures up 131. We're in Asia. We've got the Nikkei uh, uh, is a, a return to trade. They're, they were, I think they were off yesterday. Up 727.262. Shanghai down 4. Call that flat. Hang Seng up 93.5%. Staying right above 20,000, 20,175. Europe uh, slow but to the upside. DAX up 75.5%. Puts you up 22.3%. Kek around up 18.3%. As the celebration continues, we got no stink in inflation. Fed back to putting money in the system, maybe pivoting, maybe actually cutting rates. You're listening to that all day long. It's pretty, pretty, pretty nauseating, actually. Uh, Dow Jones up 27 uh, yesterday. S&P down two. Nasdaq down 75. So a mixed and slow day yesterday. Uh, bonds down another three basis points, 2.85. You really don't have a Fed, you know, pulling money out of the system when your 10-year rate is 2.85. No matter what they say, they're not doing what they're saying they're doing. Uh, Bun. Unchanged at 0.97. Japan unchanged at 0.19. Oil a dollar buck down a buck 51, 92.83. Brent down 134, 
26, so West Texas is a long way from 100. Natural gas down 22 cents, 864, still high though. Arbob down 5 cents at 301. We've got gold down a buck 20, 1806. Silver unchanged at 2035. We've got uh, Bitcoin down 379. It was down more than that earlier. 23,800. And we got the U.S. dollar versus the Euro dollar. The dollar's uh, actually up a little bit because the Euro dollar is down 40 at 102.81. We have for us traffic weather sports. Hey, good morning. Currently 7.36 a.m. on Friday, August 12, 2022. The MLB at last night. Cubs went against Reds 4-2 in Field of Dreams game. White Sox versus Kansas City. Sox lose 3-5. Diamondbacks, uh, home with Pittsburgh, win 9-3. Tomorrow, White Sox with Detroit and the Diamondbacks at Colorado. The NFL is currently uh, in week one of its preseason. Two games yesterday, Giants at Patriots. Uh, New York Giants end up winning that game, 23-21. And the Tennessee Titans versus Baltimore Ravens. Ravens win 23-10. The preseason continues tonight and on to Saturday, August 13th, when the Bears play their first game, uh, accompanied with Kansas City at noon. So be sure to catch that. Now for the weather in Chicago. Beautiful morning, uh, uh, you know, this morning. Uh, if you were out early, you might have seen the moon. Uh, we mentioned earlier uh, what the moon was. It's called a sturgeon moon. Uh, for for August, uh, July was the Buck Moon. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, as something with uh, the uh, rate of fish in the in the, in the Great Lakes. Uh, but currently, sunny skies, 66 degrees, a high of 78 and a low of 65. In Phoenix, partly cloudy, 86 degrees, a high of 103 and a low of 82. Now for traffic in Chicago, uh, traffic scattered eastbound on the Eisenhower between 17th Avenue to downtown. Traffic westbound on the Eisenhower between Austin Boulevard to Desplaines Avenue. Traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Lawrence Avenue and North Nagel Avenue. Traffic westbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue to North Nagel Avenue once again. Heavy traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between 43rd Street to the Jane Road Interchange downtown. And finally, traffic northbound on the Stevenson between Route 171 to South Kedzie Avenue. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. So, Carl, I have, uh, I have a question for you, and I also want to point something out to you after you told me a couple weeks ago that my, my number sucked. Uh, I used this savings per family number on the debt clock and you say, ah, it's a lousy number. Right. Uh, well, I think I'm agreeing with you, maybe it's a lousy number, but the the fact that it's plummeting the way it is, it's down another 800 hours in the last week, down to 84.70. And I'm just mentioning to you, and I'm, I'm combining that with the consumer credit report yesterday, uh, that American credit card debt surged by 13% annually and 5.5% quarter after quarter and I'm saying those two numbers together do not sound good. Well, it's it's and people who think it's not showing up, you know, listen, it's everything everything is local when it comes to economic impact, right? Right. Um, I mean, there's certain areas where there's uh, you know they seem to be impervious to any kind of economic dislocation. I don't care what's going on. Yeah, I mean, that's always been true. But <laughs> last night. Uh, somebody started this this BS about uh, you know, how oh you know the prices uh, the gas is coming down everything everything's fine everything's going to be fine. Well, I pulled up a little app on my phone and said, okay, how about a hotel room for tonight here? Because this is this is a tourist area, right? Forty nine bucks in the middle of summer. Really? That is a that is a room that. Uh, you couldn't get that for under a hundred in the last two years during the summer months. I, I don't care what you do. Fourth of July, if you wanted a room around here, you had to go past Knoxville in order to find anything. It completely sold out this year. Not so much. 
I mean, yeah, okay, prices were up over 4th of July weekend, does 4th of July, but probably 30, 40% of the hotels had vacancies. Okay? But, but th- this price is a middle of February, it's, you know, it's 20 degrees out, it's miserable, and there's not a bullshit thing going on anywhere within 50 miles of here. Um, you know, $49 last night. And the other thing that's interesting is that now, earlier this summer, my old stomping grounds in northwest Florida, prices were elevated and availability stunk. Okay? So, I mean, what you'd expect when, you know, things are back to, you know, rah, 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 let's go. Um, I just looked at there yesterday as well, and the hotel that I stayed in, basic place, no roaches, you know, it's clean, it's comfortable, it's not fancy, but it's clean, it's comfortable, $100, and, and that was a $200, $250 room a month ago. So people who say that, that this, this squeeze isn't actually, you know, isn't changing behaviors, oh, oh, yes it is. And then I look at the EIA data that says that gasoline demand has collapsed. And I had people saying, oh, that's another, go- that's a piece of government information, it's propaganda, they're just, you know, they're just trying to do this so that Biden doesn't, you know, lose, you know, 50 seats in the in the House in another couple of months. And I'm like, um, okay, so I got, I got that piece of data that says that gasoline demand has collapsed, and that's why prices are coming down on gas. I've got room rental rates in hotels in several different areas, which have co- the prices have collapsed. Hoteliers don't do that unless they don't have anybody there, especially in the middle of travel season. And um, then I look at the traffic around here, and I, I went down to the grocery store yesterday afternoon. There were no cars on the road. Well, do these these hotels uh, can they make it up with the quarter you put in there and have the bed vibrate? Well, no, they're not that, you know, like I said, these, there are no roaches and no dead hookers underneath either. No, see, what kind of hotel is that? <laughs> well, you know, I, <laughs> hey, one that you actually might be willing to sleep in. You know, I've stayed, this, this particular place that I pulled up and I, I screenshotted is one that I stayed in when I was hunting for a house here. I slept in it several times. It's, I mean, it's nothing fancy, but it's a... Some of those places, those people... Clean yeah, some those, yeah, some of those places, the, the people that run them, they keep the place immaculate. Hmm. Yeah, they keep they yeah. keep it clean. They, they you know they do a good job, and uh, you know it's not it's not an extraordinary you know a fabulous resort or anything like this. It's just a basic place to crash for the night. Well, I have a, a actually a couple of questions. I mean, how do you how do you how do you get people? You know, the people that are I'm going to say making way too much money on CNBC. How do you, how do you get them when they talk about other people that they never talk to? There's there's no. You're not going to get the connection there, Carl, unless people have the connection. They're just not going to. It's like the lady in San Francisco. I don't. I don't feel inflation. I'm making four hundred grand a year. Uh, but actually, right. I, you know, I saw that. And I was like, oh. You know what? Though, <laughs> as as an economist, though, but let's say for instance, tomorrow I'm, I'm making four hundred grand a year. I mean, I'm I'm not going to forget the fact that the twenty five hours more in the tank is not going to savings. I don't. I don't. When it's, when I say I don't feel it. It's not like there's no dislocation. There still is. I mean, it's not as painful as saying, "I can't order dinner," right? <laughs> but it's, but it's, but it's I mean, to think that there's no dislocation. There is. I mean, who you? Well, and it's you know, here's the. I mean, I, I track almost everything, 
you know, I pull all my economic data, my personal economic data into Quicken, and you know, and I use that for you know my credit cards and everything else, right? And you know, my accounts, and that's that's kind of my one place I can push a button and get a picture, right? And see, okay, you know, how's 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 Schlub Carl doing this month? Anybody that tells me that 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 grocery inflation, you know, my house is my house, my household size, my household size. Anybody that tries to tell me that that I'm not spending twenty to twenty five percent more on groceries is out of their effing mind. Oh yeah. Well, and what I eat has not changed. All right. So now, is that is that enough to make me cry in pain? No. But for the guy who's making twelve bucks an hour, oh my god. Well, you you can still at least in this area. You can still, if you if you if you hustle, and you look, you can still eat healthily and pretty well. Uh, for not you know if, if you if you shop the sales and so forth, but some of the stuff's like, I mean, uh, I mean, two months ago, even like I love being Italian, half Italian, I love peppers. Some of them are they're three bucks a pound now for peppers in the summertime. I mean, really. But I, but I have a question for you, Carl, and I have all kinds of questions for you. But the. As, as we've seen, and you and I periodically talk about it, the, basically, if you don't have your nose up the ass of government right now, you, you're not gaining on anything. You can't, if you're not named in this bill, you can't be in those industries. I mean, if you're not these bills, these couple of bills, if, if you're not one of the chip companies that is getting the dough, you can't op- you, you can't start out as a chip company here. But my, I guess my question, and I don't know the answer, know the answer to this. Let's pick something simple. All these stupid charging stations. Let's say let's say the the Carl Chief Matt combo goes out and we raise twenty million bucks. As we do. As we do. It's just like that because Matt knows people, and then all of a sudden the checks come rolling in. What do they call them? When they they send you a bunch of checks in the hopes that you might buy something. What do they call those? That there's a name for that that people are doing lately. Mm. Scams, like, I think. Well, no. What do they call that, Carl? Where they, they were giving all these 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 guys with big reputations all this money for so they can go out and buy something. Specs or is it specs? Specs. Specs. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't remember the, the yeah, trade name yeah, for it, but, but yeah. Okay, so if we go out and we say, look, if all these idiots are going to put all these electric cars out there, there's going to be some charging stations. Now, say we take I-57 from here to Cairo, uh, Illinois. We, we want to be the guys that put the charging stations there. Well, there's no way we're going to do it ourselves without getting on that bill and getting the money from the government to do it because otherwise our 10 million is going up against somebody else who just got his 10 million matched or worse from government. So so our, we have to be in there somewhere. We got we got to be on the dole here for lack of a better term. Uh, what is it what, what what's the going rate for us to hire you know Matty Weber the lobbyist to get this money from us? Do you have any idea? Is that, what is that going up to? No, I don't know. And I, you know, but I, I mean you you look at the at the destruction of the basic work ethic in this country oh, yeah. over the last few years. And there's... Uh, it didn't start with the virus. No. Okay, it's been going on for a long, long time. Uh, you know, what corporate loyalty? There's there's zero, right? I mean, it's... You know, yeah, we're going to send this job over to India next. It's been going on forever. But... Things re- I, th- I think it crystallized in a lot of people's minds, especially when you had entire groups of the economy, entire groups of people. I mean, you know, my niece was one of them. Worked at a, at a retailer stocking shelves. Okay, 
so the you know COVID starts. I tell her, you got to get up and go to work because you know the the you know the frozen the frozen food aisle has to have stuff in it, right? She has to go to work. The schlub that lives in the next house over is still throwing empty beer bottles out of his window at five o'clock in the morning when she's getting in her car to go to go do her job yep. because he got paid six hundred dollars a week to sit at home and get stoned. It's good work if you can do it. Well, but uh, yeah, that's nice if you yeah. can get away with it. But guess what? You just you just took all the people that actually made the, the, the basic functions that have to take place in an economy for things. So somebody has to show up and stock the grocery store shelf. Somebody has to you know show up and do this. You took all those people, called them essential, made them get up and go to work, and you gave everybody else a check to sit around and get high. And and if you don't think that that had a, a massive impact on people's psyche in terms of their view of how they look at their job and what they're willing to do and how much effort they're willing to put in, you're crazy. Then you turn around and you tell these very same people who they, they were essential. They had to show up. You had to go to work. This other guy gets to get high all day on the government dole, which is really your dole because you're the one who's still paying taxes. Right. Okay, now, by the way, you're essential, but you have to take a stab in your arm or something that you don't want, or you're fired. Yeah, well, that's... All right, well, you know what? People think you can do this kind of thing, and then, oh, we'll just kind of forget about it. Well, you want to know where the productivity destruction came from? It came from right there. And it was our fault. We did it. We allowed the politicians and the business leaders to do this, and now we're going to pay for it. And so now what you have on top of that, you have the inflation and the supply disruption and everything else. And I am hearing rumors, and I don't know how true these are, but I'm hearing rumors from major manufacturing concerns that not only is the supply chain problem not easing, but it has gotten so critical that you may not be able to get a new car for the next two years. Well, the used cars are to the moon. Well, but the, but you you won't be able to get a car because they can't get the parts to build the thing. Yeah, it's 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 really really strange, Carl. I mean, how this is shaken down. Um, well, then look at uh, a lot know, of it has to do with China. I know this is you know this is poly- this is political, and maybe this is a shift, you know, a, bri- a little bit of a bridge too far. But this thing with the Trump raid the other day, I I. Put up a hypothesis. I waited forty-eight hours. It's my rule on stuff like this because you you need to have enough information. You know, if you go off the first thing, you're you're almost always going to be wrong. I have a suspicion this guy deliberately rickrolled these people, and if he did, he committed no crime doing it. But he may have bought himself another term in office. Well, I hope not. You know, what it reminds me a little bit of the movie The Absence of Malice. Remember that movie? Yeah, but you know, I mean, think about this. You know, the latest thing that came out is that what they were actually after was was nuclear weapon secrets. Do you, do you, does anybody really think Trump would be so crazy as to purloin those things and sequester them in Mar-a-Lago? I also don't think he has ever any intention to ever read anything like that. Well, uh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, first off, do you think he would actually understand it if he read it? There's the first problem, right? Yeah. So... So what is the more likely explanation? The more likely explanation is he thought he had a mole in his organization. So he pulled that particular person that was there in that place. And, and you know, and then, oh, boy, here comes the FBI. They, they raid the place. They, they tear it all. Of course, there's nothing there. They, st- you know, they broke into a safe because he, he said, oh, you know, it's in the safe. But 
there's absolutely nothing illegal about you and I spitballing stuff like that and, and it being complete crap. I don't I don't get there, there's as you know we talked about a little bit yesterday there's there's three levels or maybe four levels of the chessboard here. It, it would not surprise me, given what I think of Trump, for him to spirit stuff out of the White House by the mistake or otherwise that he shouldn't have. Yeah. I mean, and I also know that um, probably he's going to resist any any effort just because that's the way he is. But I, I think somewhere along the line, if if I'm Biden right now, I'm I'm really ticked. Wait a minute, I didn't know about this. I mean, what's the matter with you? I think if if you're gonna if if you're gonna try and do the right thing, first of all, my question is gonna be how secret, how double secret. Have we if they're the codes, well, have we changed the codes? If we've changed them, who cares? I mean, well, we, who hasn't changed them yeah, the minute yeah. that the that the president changed? Right. So I'm I'm saying for my first question, if I'm Garland or Biden, trying to be commonsensical about this, is uh, how how sensitive is this stuff? Well. It belongs at the Smithsonian. It doesn't belong in his house. It's stuff that happened during the presidency, and we all know, you know, we all know the rule. The rule is any document that should be, even even part of your, your right. presidential papers, should, are supposed to go to the archives and stuff. We all know the rule. But the first question, practically, is okay. How 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 sensitive are they? And the, and if and if they're moderately sensitive, as the president or as the attorney general, probably, you want to get up there and say, look, we have this ongoing thing with a former president. The last thing we want to do is to go get this stuff. We have authority that the guy took these boxes. They're not like it's going to start a national a war, but by the way, they should be in the archives, not in his house in Mar-a-Lago. I'm going to ask you, Mr. Ex-President or former President, would you please bring him back? Why, why not do something like that instead of raiding the place? Put well, the ball in his the, court. Here's the thing that goes along with that. Okay, This happens, this sort of thing, generally... I don't know what the specifics of it is. This sort of thing happens generally every single time there's an administration that turns over. If you think about how this goes down, the, the old president leaves office the same day the new one comes in, right? So he moves out of, of the residence, and the new guy moves into the residence. And it happens literally in a 24-hour period. They do, right? The movers take six hours to move to move Trump stuff out in six hours, move the other guys in so he can sleep. Yeah, but, but do you really night. think that Trump moved any of that stuff? Oh, of no. course he didn't. I mean, you know, I mean, I moved my own house, but when I moved down to Florida, I, I called the moving company. Yeah. Right? All right. I mean, did I, did I physically witness every single item go into every single... Of course I didn't. So, I mean, is this... Yeah, good Lord... And and then you look at the, you know, this this judge that signed the warrant. Okay, first off, he's a magistrate. He's not even a full sitting judge. But of course, you know, it's legal. It's legal for him to do that. Isn't isn't the evidence profound that they basically shopped this? This guy has social media accounts where he was blasting Trump a couple of months before this happened. Yeah, I don't. I don't. There, there's a first. I mean, if if there was something there that was actually that important. It's two years into this, right? And if it, and if it's something that I mean, if, if they were nuclear codes and you needed them, I'd have gone and got them the next day. But now they're not, and here we are, two years into it, and nothing's bad happening because the guy had them. He's a pain in the ass. We know that. I mean, uh, he always has been. Now the question is, should we just forget it, or should we, or should we embarrass him and just say, look, 
would you please bring them back? By the way, if you think if you think the material you got is all that worth it anymore, we changed everything. Why don't you just bring them back? I, I, I what is wrong with these people? Why, why, why? They're not only. It's like they had a. Oh God, I don't know why I'm going here, Carl. It must be a Friday morning or something. Um, I was in the the uh, Paris hotel in Vegas, and I was sitting at the bar. I had to go to, uh, pick somebody up at the airport. And uh, so I just stopped for, for a quick beer, and uh, some lady sits next to me, and she gives me this long, her whole life story. And uh, finally she goes, uh, well, do you have any, do you, you want some company tonight? And I go, uh, not really. <laughs> and, uh, and she goes, and I said, well, I mean, I, I, I got I to ask. I said, are you looking to get paid? And she says, well, yes. And I said, yep. well, I said, well, you know, you got to up your game. I said, you can't talk to somebody for 45 minutes and then find out they're not interested. You need to find that out in the first couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm giving hooker a list. But, I mean, this, this, this is that, in this day and age, when, when, the, when, when people are, are going to grab the story on both sides, and first of all, you, you, you must know that your population does never, want, never wants their privacy invaded. So for right. you to do that to somebody... With even, especially given the the, the you know the, the 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 yin and the yang we have on this, where one side hates the other, for you to do this without absolutely being being perfectly correct on everything and making nothing, you have to make absolutely. I mean, it has to, it has to be a nuclear code that you have that the dude has, or it has to be something so off the top that you can explain to people this is why I did it. Otherwise, you all you're doing is causing trouble. Comment. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it's kind of where I've ended up coming down on this thing is that they'd better find a felony that they can convict him on here. And and if they don't have that at the end of the day on this thing, this is going to blow up in their face yeah, in, a, I, in a tremendous fashion. It's already starting to. But I, I don't think this, uh, I, I would not. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of people think Trump is some kind of you know fifth level genius or whatever have you. I don't hold that. Oh, I don't no. hold him in that kind of regard at all. Uh, I think the guy is is a New York mobster. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. You know that that's essentially what it is. He's you know he's simply owned in the in the uh, you know in the property field, um, and that's what his record says. Okay, I mean, do do, do people love him? Well, you know, some people do. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, but I don't hold him in high regard at all, primarily because he said he was going to do a number of things that would have been very positive for the United States economy and for the common schlub, specifically having to do with solving some of the trade issues that we had within this country, and secondly, having to do with the medical monster that is destroying us. He did absolutely none of them, and some of them disappeared off his campaign website literally five minutes after the election was called for him in 2016. Yeah. I was sitting at a bar, and I saw it happen in real time. And so, you know, at that point, my and, and I said, I, before the election, I said, I think this guy's a huckster. I think he's full of crap. He's not going to do any of this. And, and then as soon as that happened, I'm like, okay, I, I'm done being nice. <laughs> yeah. okay, just, you just proved that I'm right. Have a nice day. Get out. Right, and from that point onward, no way. But that doesn't mean that he didn't nail these people and and pull, which, uh, you know, if, if it works out this way, the, the political aspect of this and the political implications coming into the midterm elections is, is stunning. Well, Carly, I mean, I'm, as you know, I'm, I've gotten myself pretty much in the middle on this because I can't believe where both sides are. 
But the yeah. idea the idea that that we're going to have I mean the economy we're deciding we the only thing saving us is the, is the is well some people got so much money from the government they're saved and and the stock market saving us. Other than that every, everybody I think is in somewhat of a de- either recession or depression. It could be 80% of the population. That that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but when I say yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. So if if that's the case, the last thing we want is right. The Democrats are in here. They don't look like they're doing much, even though they got some bills passed that they don't seem to take any credit for. Uh, so they got some bills passed. Whether they're good or not, time will tell. I'm suspecting they probably aren't. But uh, now, now these guys are doing a crap job. Everything so. So we're going to throw the Republicans there. Didn't we just do this? two years ago or four years ago, the Republicans were all in there and they were doing a crap job. The last thing we want is for nobody to talk no, no, and no progress and every four years we can't wait to throw the bum out and put the other bum in and all of a sudden after four, that, that's not leadership. That's not, that's not the way Eisenhower passed the torch to Kennedy or Truman passed the torch to Eisenhower. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's, we're, we're not getting anywhere doing that. I don't mm. think, do you? Well, yeah, but look at what look at what it's all become. Okay, we have destroyed the productive force, if you will, the the the, the driving force for productivity within our economy and our market. You have you have a stock market that has skyrocketed on on not on that the economy is going to be okay, but that the Federal Reserve is not going to stomp on inflation. Right. Well, uh, excuse me, yes, they are. And, yeah, the PPI numbers that were out yesterday said that we're starting to see a bend in that curve. All of it was in energy, by the way, which is, you know, I mean, what do you expect? Gas prices are down substantially over the last month. So, okay. But just the reality of how what, what the PPI is is that it's going to be a year even if it stops and, and nothing goes wrong in the next 12 months, it's going to be a year before that inflationary pressure starts to ease off. Well, if, if, if we, we got a dash here, Carl, but if, what they're doing right now, and it's pretty obvious their policy is, they're not going to pull back on any inflation that's in, it's in the system. So we're going to have this 35% inflation bulge over a three- or four-year period, and we're going to hope that people's salaries come up that much over the next two or three years. They don't. I don't they're see not that. going to. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's the good bargain. Take care of yourself, bud. Talk to you next Friday, if not sooner. SP Futures up 22, SP Futures up 84. Back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex, offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 708- 349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. We're done for. We're done for. We're done diddly done for. We're done diddly doodly done diddly doodly done diddly doodly done diddly doodly. Better. Step out of it.